Good morning. Welcome to the Celtic Way Morning Briefing Live. I'm Tony Haggerty at a Haggerty Ten on the Twitter handle, as you know, and I'm joined today by Sean Martin at Sean Martin TCW. Good morning, Sean. Another happy Monday. Yeah, it is. It's another happy Monday. It looked as if it might have been not quite as happy a Monday for a, for forty five yeah. minutes, but then it ended up brilliant, didn't it? We were looking as if we were going to fade to grey again, Sean. Well, yeah. for more or less the first half in that game, but hey. We, uh, yes, as you say, they pulled it out of the fire and another 5-1 victory over 10 months at minimum, which we'll talk about in due course. But first things first, as I direct you every day, guys, strap line running along the bottom. Uh, subscribe to the Celtic Way, www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe. It will cost you £2 for two months for unlimited access to everything that's written on the website. Something there for everybody. And you can subscribe to the Celtic Way website and support top quality football journalism covering the club you love. Costs you two pounds for two months, and you just all for a click of a button. www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe. And as we always do, we say thank you to our sponsor, the Celtic Way Morning Briefing. is now sponsored by Seneca Medical Group, and Seneca are the number one hair transplant company in Europe, and they offer innovative hair restoration treatments. And you can find out more about Seneca via the links in the description of this video. Now, Sean, another weekend ticking down to the end of the season. Celtic went a goal down. Your favourite man, Greg Taylor, penalised for a handball. Yes. But they come back and dredge it out the fire. First goal for Alistair Johnston. Jota getting them back in the game. Abada. Wonderful performance, second half from a bad a goal and an assist. And Oh Hyung Yu scoring a penalty as well, only just a goalkeeper seeing it go under his body. But yeah, they responded well, Sean, to adversity. First and foremost, the result keeps them nine points clear, extends the goal difference as yeah. well. So can't ask for more than that. No, you can't. I mean, what can you say about the result though, apart from without using that game of two halves cliche anyway? Um, going to be honest, Tony, going in one down at the break, right, was maybe a bit unlucky, I think, because not not because it was a penalty or, or not a penalty. We'll come to the, the the VAR decisions in a minute, but just because Celtic still created like seven or eight chances in the first half. Um, I think Jota's first one around the half hour mark was was the best, but regardless, they still created about seven chances. The second half was just a great response to a rare situation where they found themselves behind at the break. I felt as though. I felt it was though they scored pretty much straight away, but it was actually like the fifty sixth minute. Um yeah. so it was eleven minutes before they scored. I felt it was if it was virtually the first yeah. attack. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> that's just the way I perceived it. Um by after that, I mean or including that, four goals in sixteen minutes just totally erased any doubt whether it was doubt over the grey strip, whether it was <laughs> doubt of the fact that it was Paisley or, or anything else. Yes. And uh, correct. People were reading too much into the grey strip again, weren't they? I mean, yeah. a bad, sorry, not a bad, a Hatati scalps the bar. There's a fine flowing move that mm -hmm. ended up with the keeper making a save from Jota, which would have been an excellent football goal. Jota had another one that the keeper saved as well, didn't know too much about it at the near post. So, as you Celtic, we are creating chances. And uh, yeah, the result, I don't think, flatter Celtic because they came out in the second half. All guns blazing and uh, Abada made a huge difference and we'll come to that. But mm -hmm. another 5-1 victory over St Mirren, Sean. 
And I yep. think most people are saying that they're, they're kind of unlucky to be on the receiving end again, but I'm I, not so sure. I'm not so sure either, Tony, to be honest with you. No, like, I mean, I've got a couple of, I've got, well, I've, you've seen it before because I showed you, I've got the, the race chart that I've brought up a few times, but I'll put it up and, and we'll discuss it, because right? I, I agree with you. I think that's maybe, I don't know if they were unlucky to yeah. be on the end of that. Um, uh, as I said before, when the last time I've put it up, this is just kind of a visual representation of the chances that each team created and when across the, the span of the game. Now, to me, right, there was only ever one team in it in terms of yeah, yeah. chances created, and that's not just because of the sending off in the first half. You just look at the chances created or lack thereof, because when you see that chart, you don't need to be a, a statistician. You don't need to, <laughs> and even you don't even need to enjoy the data stuff to see that there's only one team creating chances in that game. Yeah. Um, but even even for me, who goes through these data roundups of every virtually every every home game, uh, sorry, every league game, I've never really seen this type of race chart before because it's the penalty and only the penalty. Yeah, the penalty it's one shot, no other attempts created at all. Now, obviously, if you look at it, Celtic flatlined for the first twenty minutes, meaning they found it difficult, couldn't create a chance really in the opening twenty minutes. But thereafter, they created fairly steadily the rest of the game, and particularly that second half, you can see it going up and up and up yeah. and up and up. And I know Celtic got a penalty of their own. But just to tell you, like the final totals, I think the Celtic one's obscured there with the, the, the brand. I'll just take that away. Um, 2.78 to 0.78. Now, apparently, it's 0.78. So, St Mirren created literally nothing one beyond chance. that. Beyond winning that penalty. And Celtic, even if you take away that penalty, still created enough to score at least twice. So, yes. to me, I agree with you. I think, I, think, I think it is a bit much to say they were unlucky to be That's on the end of that. narrative, isn't it? Let's but, be honest. Yeah, so, yeah, I, uh, I was just throwing that out there because yeah. people were saying that, but... I, mu- I must admit, Tony, see what you said there about, uh, about O's penalty. I actually did think Trevor Carson could have done better at that. Um, I think yeah, um, I, I, but he struck I, it powerfully, but I, given I, it back the right way and where the ball went, I thought, I yeah, kind of got that there. It went in, they all I, count, and uh, that's all that matters when you score a penalty. I see a few... Uh, Commenters saying that, and I and I agree with that. I was just saying that I I wasn't too convinced with the uh, yeah Beach Boy saying the was in a good penalty. I wasn't too convinced with the actual execution of it, but it, he scored. It it went in, so that's fine. I, that's all. We, that's all you can ask for a player of a. Uh, but I think whichever Carson looks back, he'll probably think he yeah. could have and probably should have saved it. Yeah, and somebody mentioned his run up as well. I was a bit those kind of run ups perplexing. Wasn't quite Paul Pogba, but it was <laughs> those run-ups me as a footballer's about to hit a penalty kick. I just I'm not a lover of it, so maybe that was clouding my judgment. But on the goals, Tony, um, I I I, met, I know you were at the game. I messaged you during the game saying I, I can't believe how well Jota done for that. How, how oh, aware he was for that that yeah, the equaliser. Excellent, a lovely wee stab home, just to be aware and to put mm-hmm. it right into the corner. You know, because if he doesn't put it there, the defender will clear that. Mm-hmm. Which cause it was, it just kind of rolled along the line and into the corner. You know, so he, he couldn't get it. So I, I was, uh, yeah, I, and a lot of people were saying and I could read comments during the game as well on Twitter and stuff that it was a toss up between Jota or Maida to come off at half time, mm-hmm. possibly. And a lot of people were saying bring on Haksabanovic, that kind well, of stuff. But mm-hmm. I actually thought Jota was doing okay, and was kept on for that very reason that, you know, you have to keep on a player that can supply 
a moment of magic and it's a moment of awareness more than anything else uh, mm-hmm. that's got the equaliser and that's the most yeah. important goal for Celtic in the game mm-hmm. once the, I, I turned to whoever was sitting beside me saying once Celtic get one they will score three or four was, was what I said mm-hmm. but it's getting that initial one and the longer it went on without getting the one then you could see a, a lightning striking twice in Paisley mm-hmm. the same kind of game because I think the last time you just kept waiting on Celtic to come into the game and come into the game, and they didn't. This time they were in the game. As you say, you you felt it was right after the break, but it still was 56 minutes. Yeah. No, but uh, uh, that that's the most important goal of the game for Celtic, the one that draws them level because they can relax and then go on and do their stuff after that. Definitely, I um, Andrew Galea saying we were always in control, 420 somewhere, saying Sean's off on one chart up right away. Uh, <laughs> Pete McGee, who built those stairs, Sean, the great disgraceful job. <laughs> um, I, I and Andrew Galea, Sean loves a graph. I think it just, I mean, I don't always put those up, but that one struck me one because St. Mirren only had that one shot, yes. definitely. But two, because I, I'd seen a fair few uh, comments like like what you mentioned, Tony, about about them being unlucky. Now, all, all right, maybe a four goal margin of victory, you could you could argue the toss about that one, but there was only one team in it for me in terms of yeah. chances created. And the reason I put that up there is, again, I don't think it was the sending off per se, that, that, that changed that because they were already starting to create chances before he was sent off, albeit they hadn't scored and obviously it does have an impact but I still think that ultimately Celtic had started creating the chances that they needed before the sending off. I think it was more the impact of a badder in the second yeah. half that mm-hmm. uh, rather than the sending off, as you say <clears throat> Celtic had opportunities to score in the first half didn't take them and they were well in the game. Now looking at the Charles Dunn incident it's a definite red card. Now mm-hmm. you can argue the toss all day whether it's a penalty or not. My initial thought when I saw it in real time was that the foul was committed outside the box. Mm-hmm. I said that at the time. Saw it in the replay, and I know there's various styles where Kyogo's foot's in the game. Uh, sorry, in the, in the I'm reading the word game there mm-hmm. on the line, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Now I know you're going to flash up the IFAB rules in a second, Sean. But uh, yeah. Kyogo was quick as lightning to get in. Charles Dunn shot with a pass back. He runs in, but I can understand why it wasn't given. Yeah. Because the foul for me took place outside the box, but if we're looking at this contact continuing, I, I'm, I say I've seen various styles where Kyogo's foot's planted on the line and it looks as if there's still contact. So yeah. if that's the case, fine, then it should be a penalty, but I'm I'm still, as I say, there's still reasonable doubt in my mind as to whether it's a penalty or not. But mm-hmm. what I will say is I'm puzzled as to why David Dickinson didn't go and review it on the monitor, Sean. Yeah. Right? He reviewed the Celtic one, didn't he? With a handball, which is about three minutes or four minutes later, something like that. Derek Crofts is a penalty all day, continues in the box, in my opinion. Yeah, and... <clears throat> As, as I say, in, in my opinion, I thought the initial foul took place outside the box. I thought it was outside the box first time I saw it, Max Stark using me. Now, Sean, you're going to flick up the iFab rules here, aren't you? I, I've, not, I've not put up the, the, the screenshot for, for this one. I'll put it up for the, the handball one, but I have got I have looked at it, obviously, and the, it says in the iFab rules um, that if a defender starts holding an attacker outside the penalty area and it continues holding inside the penalty area, then it must be a penalty kick. Now, that, that throws up the question, right, where do you define as the start of the penalty area? Have you got to be over the line? Is it on the line? 
and on their field of play section, it just says the area bounded by the lines in the goal line is the penalty area. So, yeah, if he's still holding them when, the, when his foot is on that line, then he's inside as far as I can see, and it should have been a penalty. Now, there's a couple of comments saying that, that when they've paused it and stuff, they think he let go just before his foot hit the line, in which case it wouldn't be a penalty. So it really depends whether yeah. whether he was still touching them when, when his foot were on the line. But if he was, then it should have been a penalty. And I agree with you. I think a lot of people are saying that. Like, why did he, why did he not check himself? Um, yeah, he's got to check that himself, Sean, because it's, it's, it's the biggest contentious decision, isn't it, <clears throat> of the day? I mean, either either way, we're, we're all agreed it is a sending off because yeah, it's a sending off. Got yeah. opportunity as soon as Kyogo ran through on that. So and the handball one, he's checked. He's obviously got the wire, albeit late. Mm-hmm. You can check it. Now people were saying that he had to wait till the ball went out of play for to check it. Uh, I'm not so sure about is this that. The, is this for the Kyogo one? No, for the uh, for the Greg Taylor one. Greg Taylor one, yeah. Aye, right, okay, right, okay, right. That's that's where I've got the handball one to put up. All right, Go but on, um, aye, it's. I think, right, I think it probably was a penalty, right? I think it was probably a penalty. It was a definite penalty yeah. for me. I, I've got to be I, I certainly would be saying it if it was the other end. Tony put it that way. Of course. Um, I think I, I get right. I get where can he move his arm? Question. I get. I get that. But to me. To me, it actually looks like he moves it forward as well, right? So what's up on the screen there? To me, it probably meets both deliberate and unnatural. Yeah. Given he wasn't booked, Tony, the assumption is the official didn't deem it deliberate, right? But I, I think you I think you actually you could say that he meets both the, the criteria. But apart from anything else, and you can allude to it, it was the length of time and yes. maybe even multiple passages of play that elapsed between it happening and it being awarded. Now, there's yeah. plenty of hypotheticals doing the rounds on social media, group chats, all that kind of stuff. Like, <clears> what, what would have happened if Celtic scored before they stopped? Yes, correct. And I, I kind of wanted it to happen in real time just to see how they dealt with it because I'm not sure what, how they would have dealt with it. Judging by what we've seen from the officials and from VAR this season, I don't know what the, how they would have dealt with that. Would you have to award the goal and then... I've no idea. I don't know. I really don't know. You can give the penalty anyway if that's what you what you thought. I really don't know. And, and Alan Morrison, one of our columnists, he, he put up on his Twitter, he collects his own data, um, and he put up on Twitter, he's got a, a philosophical question. Is he meant to count the, the things that happened in that two and a half minutes between the, the, the offence and the actual awarding of the penalty, or does it just is it just like they never happen? Schrodinger's stats like that kind of thing. They're they're there, but they're not there. Like that kind of stuff. So I really I don't know. I don't know what they did them. Yeah, it would have would have been interesting to see that, wouldn't it? To be fair, mm. I did see a lot of that. Those hypotheticals doing the rounds last night as well. So I was kind of I was kind of hoping something would have happened, Sean, to see how they would have dealt with it. But mm-hmm. I don't know if we'll ever know, will we? Because don't know if anyone else not until it happens. I don't know because they'll not. They'll obviously, we've been through this before, but they don't come out and clear up decisions. Even making a thing about doing an NBA style cup like a day after it, where a written thing rather than a referee talking to the media in front of a camera. But nah, they don't explain that kind of thing, and I don't imagine that it'll ever be explained unless unless it happens in a game, unless that happens again. But like whether it's Celtic or someone else, someone scores, but. It was a penalty incident, so yeah, yes. I don't know. To to just put it frankly, I just don't know. I don't know what <laughs> would have done. Now here's one from Dimitri Violentis. He says he's a ref, 
and it's not where the foot is, but where the last contact was made. And Charles Dunn's hand when he grabs. Aye, right, I get, I get that, but ultimately it is where his foot is because if his foot isn't in the box, then it's not a question at all if he's yeah. in the box. Like so, right. it's it's a combination of both, but it has to be where his foot is as well. Otherwise, it's just outside the box. Then. Correct. I, I was a, that's the point I was about to make. Yeah. So, and as I've seen various styles where his foot's on the line, as you say, depending on where the 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 where the lines of demarcation are. But I always thought that on the line was inside. I mean, he's right. It is where it is ultimately where he lets go, but where he lets go by by definition, <laughs> it matters where Kyogo's foot is. Then, like, if he's in the box or not. So, I don't, I don't know. It's I, um, it was a hard, it was a, it was a hard, a hard, sorry, it was a hard one to actually discern, even when it was freeze framed, really. But yeah. it was definitely a sending off. Definitely a sending yeah, off. Yeah, definitely a sending off. But David Dickens should have gone to the monitor and made his own mind up about it. I think, or at least had a look at it. And he trusted his own judgment, and whatever his own judgment was, you would have, mm-hmm. uh, you would have abided abided by that, regardless if it had gone against or not. But I'm puzzled as to why he didn't go over and have a look at it, because he looked at obviously the Greg Taylor one, didn't he? Because he was told to look at it. So was he told not to look at it? Or I'm puzzled. I just I, I really don't know what what happened there. He has to have a look at that. Mm. On the Greg Taylor one, Pete McGee says, when St Mirren got their penalty, he just said, no worries, because there's still 85 minutes to put it right. <laughs> if you are going to concede a penalty, you would rather it was as early as possible, I suppose. Of course. Yeah, definitely. They did have 85 minutes or 84 minutes, whatever it was, to, to put it right, and they put it right. And yep. other individual performances, and I said this to Postacoglu yesterday, it's not often you see a hat-trick of assists, Sean. Well, he, he didn't really get a hat trick of assists. He's not he getting. It. He's not getting. He's not getting it. So, to be honest, depends where you look. Some a, a couple of providers have only given one. Aye, uh, because the Johnston one's probably going to go down as an own goal. He doesn't get the, the assist. Um, but mm. I would say it's two, and then a key role in the third one. Um, but he was pivotal, absolutely pivotal in that second half. First half, I thought he was quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, second half, I thought. I mean, we'll come on to different individuals, but I thought he was arguably the best player after the break, and that's lofty praise considering how well I thought Abada played. Um, as I say, either one or two assists, depending on which stats provider you go with three, three if, uh, if you're... I'm giving him a hat-trick of assists. Yeah, um, but yeah. just in general, some really nice interplay. Yeah. Particularly with Abada, I thought, um, and, and deliveries into the box where he obviously set up Johnston's goal, even if he doesn't get the credit for it, it's, it's still his delivery that causes it. Um, and it was his ball through for the um, for the Jota goal as well, wasn't it? Yes, it was. So. Now, I I watched with interest sports scene last night because obviously I only seen it in real time and a couple of highlights from Sky when you were in the mm-hmm. press room, but you're busy working at that point. And uh, they tried to suggest that Alistair Johnson had handled the ball uh, for his goal. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, he's jumping up. With the head, it maybe brushes his arm and then hits uh, Mark O'Hara on the way in, I believe, because we'll try to take Alistair Johnson's goal off him as well. And again, Anne said, Good luck with that. You know, and Alistair Johnson himself said he's claiming it, but mm-hmm. I that one for me, I, I have no problems with that, Sean. It's a goal for me, as far as I'm concerned. I, I, I didn't really, I didn't watch sports scene, so I didn't see the suggestion of handball. Um, 
But I didn't see it again. Then. I, mean, I, I, I mean, when I watched that again this morning, I didn't, I didn't think I saw a handball, but I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll watch Jack it. Ross and Chris Evaluma were on the, the panel and they said mm-hmm. it should have been called back for a handball. But I mean, I jumped they out. Check, but the thing is, they do they check a goal. Got it to goals, but they did check yeah, it. Um, so they were saying it should have been ruled out for a, a handball and that. I'm not Given sure. what we know about the handball rule, particularly yeah, yeah. this season, Tony, I suggested if it was a handball and it could have been ruled out, it might very well have been ruled out. But well, um, Given what the manager said, to be fair, <laughs> about VAR. VAR doesn't miss especially with us. Yeah. <laughs> I think that she's at all. That was a, a warning shot over the bow, if ever there was one, was or not. But again, going back to the fact that it, it didn't derail Celtic in any shape or form, they, they got on with the job at hand. Any other players catch your eye, Sean? Uh, well, Abada, we've kind of touched yeah. on, but there's plenty of comments coming in for Abada. JP saying Abada was superb when he came mm-hmm. on, loved his direct play and the energy that he brings to the team. Like a lot of people, Tony, you mentioned it um, earlier on. I, I thought it was maybe going to be Haksabanovic that, that came on. Yes. I was looking forward to maybe seeing him for a full 45. But using Abada instead was I mean, inspired, ultimately. A great um, call from the yeah, manager, wasn't it? I am. Um, I put on Twitter, um, on not on my own Twitter, but on the, the Celtic Way Twitter, that that's um, well, it's 18 goal contributions this season from Leila Bada, but it's a goal or assist every 91.1 minutes domestically. So basically something every game, basically, is, is, is what that, that boils down to. And believe it or not, most have still come when he started, despite obviously the perception that he's a perennial sub now, he's, he's more rotation piece, which is all true. Um, but most of them has come when he started, but even despite that, he still chipped in with four goals and two assists as a sub, which I think is a really, really positive contribution. Um, and I've, I mean, I've been saying for months now that when he's been, whether he's been coming on or whether he's starting, I think he's improved his dribbling. I think you can see that he's made a concerted effort to improve that part of his game. Um, and I think you could see that again in the tight spaces around the St Mirren box yesterday, as well as his link-up play um, with, Aaron Moy, who I've already mentioned, is, is, is he, having a good game. He mentioned that himself, didn't he? That Harry Kuehl had been working on him mm-hmm. with that and Gavin Strachan, the one-on-one stuff. Mm-hmm. And I thought his goal yesterday was, I don't know, it, it was like a five-a-side goal to me, where you just get a pass and you just kind of faint and, and hammer it into the net. And he, he just, it was sort of like, you know, as I say, a five-a-side goal, a training goal that he knew exactly what he was doing when he picked it up and just rattled it, you know, picked it book in the bottom corner and it was uh, yeah and it was a player who was striving on it yesterday was was confident you know first couple of things he did I think he thought right I'm up for this here I'm getting a bit of joy you see linking well with Johnston and I mean he's got what 27 goals now for Celtic Sean is that, is that right I'm, I think so am um, I right in 27 goals and nine yeah well because he got 15 last season didn't he, he so but he's, he's, his contribution, and I, you know, I always like to look at it in terms of minutes minutes played rather than just yeah, yeah, yeah. especially with people like with Leila Bada and uh, George Ross Giacomakis, sometimes it didn't tell the full picture because yes. you're getting substitutes uh, minutes rather than starters minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so you might get half an hour where another player gets 65 and just naturally you've got more time to make an impact if you've got double the, the kind of game time. Uh, with Leila Bada, as I say, when he starts, he does some. He, most yeah. of his contributions this season have still come and starts, but he has also been a valuable substitute and he's contributed in both. And I think it's to his credit. Uh, I'm going to use this phrase to you, Tony, that was asked to Ange Postacoglu after the game. There was there has been no throwing the toys out the pram from Leo Labada. Mm-hmm. Yes. And he kind of bristled at that 
and gave his kind of what do you think would happen? The players mm -hmm. threw their toys out the pram <laughs> and the boy mate. got the mate at the end. <laughs> yes. So yeah. And I I love that attitude from one the manager, but I love the attitude from Abada as well. You know, and he himself said he just wants to get better and contribute to the team. Again, I said the words could have been said by the manager himself. <laughs> you know, because they just they're on they're on the same page, everybody, but they know fine well. The one thing they do know, whether they start or not, is that they will get game time. And it is up to those individual players to take that opportunity when they when it comes along. And mm -hmm. Abada certainly didn't do himself any harm at all in terms of putting himself in contention for a starting place against Hearts on Wednesday. Early, early spoiler alert, Tony. There's a few comments asking. Yeah. Uh, do you think you're going to put him in the predicted 11 for Wednesday starting? I probably will, yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> a yellow jersey kind of guy. I've said that before, haven't I? Mm -hmm. Just thought my either looked out of sorts yesterday, maybe not his game, mm -hmm. no space to run into, but then Abada came on and Abada was more direct yeah. and attacked him more, even the lack of space, but he was ably supported by Alistair Johnston and he, as you see, his link up play with Moy and, and players was great and, and you know, so they, they got joy from Abada and, you know, Abada's still young, got to remember that, he's still, what, only 21, isn't he? Yep. 21 and but he's still got a hell of a lot to offer, whether he's coming on making an impact like that. Mm -hmm. But there are times, and this is what annoys me about Abada, because when he does that and then he starts, <laughs> you can sometimes turn in the Maida-like performance mm -hmm. like yesterday, and that's and it frustrates me about Abada, because I think we both know, I think everybody knows that he's got a lot more to give. Mm -hmm. And then there's other times, as you say, he's, you know, when he starts, he, he does something. So I want there, that does... consistently. Yeah, I mean, that, that that's always a trick for a winger, isn't it? That's always what they say, that the trick for a winger is getting the consistency. Yeah. Um, but I think we're, we're bad at, and I've, I've seen a few reports lately because obviously the club, I think, has basically all but confirmed that they want to get him to, to sign fresh terms. But I've saw a few reports, I think, as far as I can see, given the wrong year of expiry. I've seen a few saying it was 2025, but as far as I, I've, I've got jotted down, it's 2026. Um mm. There's no Three and a half years of his deal they were saying he had left, wasn't it? Right, okay, aye. Right, all right, so, so that would be 2026. But I'm, yeah. I'm sure I saw a couple of outlets saying 2025 his deal expired, which which isn't the case. But, wrong. Uh, yeah, it's 2026 as far as I, I've got jotted down, um, which means there's no rush. Um, no. I think you obviously want to get players, maybe especially players that are 21 and, and probably going to be coveted to new terms to, to increase the value, but there is no rush for that. I wouldn't be too panicked. Now, David Turnbull's deal, um, on the other hand, it's soon going to have a year left, so I'd be kind of intrigued to know what happens with him, because I, I obviously said at the start of the season, I thought he might get a new deal before Christmas, sure. and that hasn't came to pass. So, uh, didn't I see him yesterday, though? You know, well, I saw him when they were celebrating the goal. Yeah. I think they hang the goal, <laughs> and he was smiling. But, well, again, it's hard to argue. Would no, turn, I know. Tom will fit in when the, the form of the players at the minute. Mm -hmm. Even Matt O'Reilly came on and made a contribution as well, took his goal well. Mm -hmm. Nice set up, you know, that kind of stuff. So, again, three goals from the substitute, Sean. Yeah. Com coming on, um, mm -hmm. big, big impact. You know, we've spoken about O's run up for the penalty. And <laughs> I, I don't know, every time I see Hacks Banovic, I just want to see more. That, yeah, yeah, I, there, there's a definite player there. And I'm just delighted the fact that they've got so many options. Um, Kevin Ferrier saying Hacks Banovic did well when he came on. Uh, Retro Celtic, good to see that name appearing again. I've not seen that for a wee while. Uh, he said yeah. that work's been, work's been getting 
yeah. uh, getting on top of them. But uh, Retro Celtic says, should should I consider Haksabanovic in the 10? And he asked me my thoughts. Now, he's played them in what is one of the midfield trio before. And I, I think he did well. The problem is, um, well, two problems, I suppose. You've got so many wingers that are up there in terms of first team, uh, first 11 ready. And then in your midfield, you've got Carl McGregor, Real Hatate, Matt O'Reilly, Aaron Moy, uh, David Turnbull. Now you've got Tomoki Iwata, who's playing well when he comes on. So it's a good problem to have. And, and I wouldn't be averse to Haksibanovic in the 10 against certain teams maybe that are sitting extra deep. Um, but even that, I mean, even that, it's you're still you're still saying that's one of Matt O'Reilly or Aaron Moy or, or Real Hatate that's probably not going to start. So I don't know. It's a, it's a difficult one, but it's a good one to have. Would you consider Haksibanovic and Abada alongside Kyogo on Wednesday? I don't. I don't see why not. I don't think it will be. I think. I think you probably will go with Maida again. Yes. Um, given the opposition, um, but we'll, we'll see. But the the main point that I'm taking away for this is that none of them have, none of them have ruled themselves out of a start by coming no. on and not playing well. They've come on and done what's what's been asked. And as Poster Coglukin, I mentioned that after the game in terms of, it's not so much about uh, the game time itself. It's that they make an impact when they get it. Leila Bada certainly made an impact and I agree with, with some of the comments. I think Haxabanovich played well again when he came on. Mm-hmm. Maybe not directly involved in goals the way that Leila Bada was, but I still think he played well. I also made the point, Sean, in uh, my piece that's up on the website today. You can have a read, read at that, guys. That yep. It wasn't about revenge or redemption for September. Mm-hmm. It was basically about winning a football match, ticking your way down to... Uh, a second successive title, and that's what they do best. You know, I, I I made the point last Monday that I was glad there was a wee bit of an edge to this game, and it would be mindful. They would be mindful of the fact that this is the place where they lost, but they weren't fueled by the words revenge or redemption weren't mentioned at all by uh, the management or the players after it. They just wanted to win another football match, and, yeah. and they went about their business in that sense, which which I quite liked as well. I I mean the whole the whole post match thing was was quite interesting. I thought with Ange Tony, um, he never once mentioned that. As we said last week, he was never going to mention those revenge yes, and yeah. take it right or wrong because ultimately for him, if they play their football, they'll win anyway. Yes. Um, whether you give yourself that edge or not, but we we both did say that it was good that that was the kind of game that was following yeah. following the league cup. Um, obviously Celtic's record after the league cup. Uh, after League Cup wins, sorry, I should say, since 2016 hasn't been great. Um, I would argue the context wasn't considered when given that start. It was an interesting start in isolation, but the context was that they still went on and won trebles after treble. After it. So ultimately, it didn't really matter that they didn't win the game after the League Cup final. Um, and then for a wee while at halftime, I'm sure there was uh, notes being scribbled about uh, the kind of jinx that was continuing um, when they went in 1-0 down. Uh, but ultimately, it, it get not only reversed, but emphatically reversed after yes. it. I think, just before we move on from individuals, Tony, is there anybody else you mentioned? I know you, you said Maida there, and I agree with you. I think it was off it slightly. Still a hard worker, but it was one of those games. Um, yeah. We both said we didn't think he would start, or we, we predicted that he wouldn't start, and I didn't think it would suit him. But it's not like I was up in arms when he started, because you know how much I back mm. him up anyway. But, but yeah, I do yeah. agree with you. I think it, it, was, it was off it slightly. Yeah, he was off it, to be fair. Uh, and I thought, I felt sorry for Kyogo. He was feeding off scraps, wasn't he? Just, 
they, they got into the position where he was making those near post runs and his yeah. work rate was good, but he just the, the final ball lacked uh, no quality to be mm-hmm. fair, and also, uh, but he was still alert enough to get Charles Dunn sent off. You know when he's going, he would have gone through on goal otherwise. You know, yeah. but uh, and I, I wouldn't I, obviously it was a, a quieter game for him, but I still thought his work rate was excellent and his movement was terrific. It was just. He wasn't able to be picked out or found, despite the uh, fact that Celtic got down the, the wing and the flank a lot of times. I think um, I think appearances are deceiving sometimes with, with Kyogo when there's a lack of touches and stuff because he doesn't really get a lot of touches anyway. In a, in a game, whether he scores twice or doesn't score, he still doesn't have that many touches usually. Um, he didn't score, but he didn't even have a shot either. Yeah. So at first glance, you're thinking with centre-forward not having a shot, that's, that's a poor game. But Ange Postecoglou rightly pointed out after it, that it's his work rate and awareness that gets yeah. Charles Dunn sent off yeah. and his movement and keeping the likes of Alex Gogic, who did start at centre-back um, after all, and, and, and Dunn obviously occupied while Celtic looked for gaps was still key to the way that Celtic were playing. Now, that, that probably still doesn't merit a 7 or an 8 out of 10 right enough, but but I don't think he was proper poor, put it that way. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Yeah. I, I, uh, I still think him, he put... Him and Maida put in a, a barrel load of work. It was just wasn't Maida's day yesterday, to be fair. And there's someone in the comments said he's allowed one. <laughs> so he's, he's allowed one bad day at the office. Mm. That's fair enough, yeah. It's good when the lens finds a bat, they said it, yeah. Apart so, from, uh, sorry, but with Alistair Johnston, Tony, apart from his goal, or I will give him a, we'll give him a goal. Um, yeah, yeah, oh, he's getting a goal. Right? Uh, then again, if we give him a goal, that means Moy gets that assist. So uh, I. Uh, apart apart from the goal, what, what did you make of him? Did you think he played well again? I know you you, you talked him up in your um, your ratings. I thought he linked well when Abada came on, but I thought he got down the flank a lot. But I thought his delivery could have been better into the box into the danger areas. But uh, I thought he was he was very steady yesterday. I think I gave him a seven, which I thought was was a, a fair. Mm-hmm. So I mean, great to see him open his account now because he is getting the goal. <laughs> and uh, but I see he was more of a threat when Abada came on, but I still uh, I still feel that because he, he got a lot of joy, especially down the right in the, the first half, mm-hmm. and I just felt that sometimes the, the, the final ball was wasn't executed properly. I, I call it that pick and call it you like, but because he didn't have a lot to do defensively, did he? No, no. So you know, so if you've not got a lot to do defensively, then I'm looking for you to be a wee bit more. Productive when you've got that, you know, when you're out wide and you're you're looking up to uh, to f- pick out guys in the middle or whatever. So that that was all. But I, I mean, he was as I say, I thought seven was a, a fair reflection on, on how he played. Um, I, I think I think he did well again. I think a seven was probably accurate. I think there's there's still elements. I think you can see where he's learning to adapt in terms mm-hmm. of. Maybe when to move inside and pass it, and when to maybe provide that kind of Ralston esque type of overlapping cross. Right. I thought it was another positive performance. He's crossing. I think. I think it was like half his crosses found the target, and crosses always a weird, a weird stat because sometimes it can be a really good ball, and sometimes just doesn't get on the end of it, or it could have been put into an area rather than to a man. So the success rate doesn't really tell you. But I do. Sometimes it's the decision making for me, as I say, mm. whether whether he should be looking to cross it or whether he should be looking to continue the play. Sometimes I think. He's still learning when to make the right decision of the two, but overall, I think he had, a, he had another good game. I was 
debating whether whether it might have been a game for Ralston to come back in and get his yeah. and get some game time. Um, but there's a lot of trust being shown in Alistair George at the moment, and he's rising. Yeah. To it. I, I look at that pinpoint cross you put in Kyogo's head at Hamden mm-hmm. last week. You know, so he can't do it. It's in his armour. It's in you know he's got it in his locker. So I was just looking for a wee bit more refinement when he got into those areas yesterday. Uh, and a couple of times that let him down. But and and as you say, I think like everything else, yeah. I think he's adapted really well. He, he's learning the inverted fullback role mm-hmm. as he's going along. But he's took to it well, but there are tweaks that I think he needs to do, you know. It's good to know good to know that he listens to, to us, obviously, Tony, because we were sitting here and I was decrying the fact that nobody went over to back up Kyogo against mm-hmm. Aberdeen. And in the two games since, he's offered Borna Barisic a square go. He's, um, he's uh, chinned Antonio uh, Cholak and, and then in his interview before the St Mirren game yeah, yeah. specifically said, listen, if someone's giving our uh, technical players jip, I'll be over to back them up and stuff. So he's obviously listening, Tony. He is indeed. He is indeed. And he's got that bit about him, hasn't he? Having played yeah. ice hockey back home, so they're no strangers to getting involved in square goals and punch-ups and flare-ups. Mm-hmm. So he's, he, he keeps that, as long as he keeps that under check, be all right, you know. Now, someone has brought it up in the comment section, Sean, and we are going to have a laugh about it. The the meme of uh, the manager laughing at Cameron Carter Vickers for just looking up and sending a Ronald Koeman, Franz Beckenbauer type pass straight out of the park with real aplomb and Anne mouthing Cam. <laughs> and he just bursts at laughing. It's like as if. You know, I, guess, cause I don't know what Cameron Carter Vickers has said to him, but I don't think Andrew's buying his excuse, is he? <laughs> I, I, I was confused whether it was an attempted shot or whether it was a pass. I really don't know what he was doing. Um, it was, yeah. I, it was, it was a weird one. But Andrew's response is, well, it's, it's yeah. already gone viral, but it will be used probably from now until it's the end of time. I'd imagine. Yeah, it's priceless, isn't it? It's, uh, and it just shows you. And, I, and I've touched upon this before. He, he has got a cracking sense of humour. Ange, you know, so I don't know what, as I say, I'd love to hear what Cameron Carter-Vickers has said to him, because he's just giving it the you're, you're at it, you know what I mean, type of thing, that, oh, that's not what we do here, kind of, kind of vibe, you know, but uh, yeah, I thought it was thought it was a brilliant moment in sport, uh, and big up to the two of them, but I still, for life, me don't know was, what what's, what's he doing. <laughs> it's, uh, one of them. Sam said, I know, said Steve McGrory. So he's obviously. Yeah, one of those ones. But yeah, excellent. I think I was just looking out there. It's one of only three misplaced passes, if we're counting it as a pass. Um, I think it was, I think it says three. Um, 93% pass success rate, and that was one of the ones that obviously went astray. Yeah, <laughs> slightly. By a, by a long way, I think you found... I honestly thought they might have counted that in the stats as one of the shots, to be honest. I, didn't, I just I don't know what he was trying to do, but I, the, ultimately it didn't matter and, and the, the support have got a nice meme. Out of it, I think, exactly. I so, Correct. Now, Sean, you wanted to touch on it before we finished. Yep. The Celtic women's team lost to Glasgow City yesterday, didn't they? Yep. They fall six points behind them at the top. Um, they are still a point ahead of Rangers women in third but I six points behind Glasgow City at the top so they've got a better goal difference than both of them uh, I hasten to point out but I'd imagine Tony that it will take a virtually flawless end to the season to have a, a title chance now you'd imagine 
Yeah, how many games is there to go, Sean? Uh, they've played 21. Um, so, try to think. There's 21, I'm not good with maths. 21 and there's 12 in the, in the table. I kind of think. <laughs> I kind of think what that would be. Is it 33 they would play then? So, yeah, so that'd be 12 think. left then. Aye. If play each other three times. Aye, I think so. So, um, yeah, so that's difficult task because Glasgow City are on course for a an invincible league season, aren't they? Well, I they've, they've won 19, drawn two from from 21. Um, Celtic have still got the best attack and the best defence, though. Like mm-hmm. statistically, they've scored the most, they've conceded the fewest. But again, the the two losses of kind of the two losses are the difference. So yeah, fair enough. Uh-huh. Well, Sean, the bandwagon moves on to Hearts on Wednesday, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll be previewing that uh, tomorrow and on Wednesday. Pick a predicted 11 predictions and all that kind of stuff. But what is it? That's, what, 11 to go, Sean, mm-hmm. in the season, ticking down. It's, uh, it's getting close now, the business end of the season, as they say. So, But, yeah, uh, Celtic win. To the Hearts game, double header against Hearts. Wednesday night in the league, and then Scottish Cup on Sunday. So we'll look forward to that, and we'll preview it on the show. I think there is a split after two rounds in women's football. Thank you for that. Yep. Then Harlow saying, pointing out rightly, that's the first that the Celtic women have lost in a good while. But he reckons Fran Alonso will turn it round. I don't even think there's anything to turn around. They're having a really good season. It's just that Glasgow City are having a better one slightly yeah, so far. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're top of the table for a reason, Glasgow City, aren't they? Flawless yep. season so well. Um, and uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm going to, sorry, I meant to put this up earlier on just before you, you wrap it up, Tony. Um, Seren Short had asked, he said, I'm a stats man, is it true that 19 of the squad have scored this season? Uh, it is true, that is, that is exactly right. Yeah, it's 19, 19 players have 19 scored. Players. Yep. Yeah. Alistair Johnson being the latest to add his name to that list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is counting him. That's counting him. So, yeah. yeah. So who are we waiting on to score? Uh, I don't know, actually, off the top of my head. Uh, there's a couple, a couple, obviously, that won't score now. Oliver Abelgar's left, that kind of yeah. player. Um, but no, Joe I, Hart, obviously. Well, Joe Hart, <laughs> I, by the way, Tony, I don't think he was a seven yesterday. I don't, <laughs> I don't think he was a seven. Well, he came out a couple of times and clutched balls out of the end. He never done it. Uh, he went the right way though. Well, he went the right way. That's yeah, the start. Yeah. So I did yeah. say he had an unending ability to dive the wrong way. Yeah. And someone put up a thing yesterday on Twitter saying, I think it's 12 or 13 penalties that have been taken against Joe Hart. Mm-hmm. And 12 out of 13 or whatever it is have been scored. The only one that's been missed was Liam Boyce. Castle, which yeah, it was John uh, Carl, Carl McCauley, does our TikTok. That was who put it up on Twitter. Yes. But that, that, do you remember? Last week, the week before, we were talking about Joe Hart's penalties, and I looked it up, and I was, I was, I said, did he save Liam Boyce's penalty because it said that was the one that hadn't been scored? I just didn't remember that I had the post because I, I couldn't remember him saving it, but it said that the penalty yeah. had been missed. But I, until I saw the clip, I, and then I remembered, oh, I hit the post. That's right. The post. Yeah. Um, sure. But uh, by yeah. it was, it was young Callum that does our TikTok. Um, big up to Callum uh, for that yeah. stuff. But you can read into it what you want because I suppose most penalties are scored, but. I mean, you've you've brought it up a few times that you're not happy with the way that he he, he deals with penalties. Um, but at least he, at least he dived the right way. He, did, he dived the right way, so we're, we're working on it bit by bit, you know, slowly, slowly. So 
By the way, while you were talking there, I'll, I'll tell you exactly who's not scored yet as an outfield player. Yuki Kobayashi, which is a wee bit unfair. He's only played twice. Yeah. Uh, Cameron Carter-Vickers, 32 games. Well, he hasn't scored, man. Uh, Alexandro Bernabe, um, Boston Lowell, he's only played once. Anthony Ralston, pardon me, Anthony Ralston, James McCarthy, Tomoki, Tomoki Iwata, Rocco Vata, um, and then obviously you've got the likes of Idaguchi and Abogard, who won't score this season now anyway. But yeah, I doubt everybody will score in that list, put it that way, because I don't know, it depends on the game time, but um, 19 players isn't it to be sniffed at, Tony. That's sharing the goblin as, as I put it last year when I've when I done the goal analysis, and I'll probably do it again near the end of this season. Of course, uh, that's excellent. The goals are coming from uh, all those players. Still want to see Big Cameron Carter Vickers get his name in the spell sheet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he weighed him with a couple. Yes, I think a couple of them, couple of important ones to come from from Cam in that right. As the manager would say, Cam, way mm-hmm. up to. But there you go. Well, as I say, we'll preview the Hearts game on Wednesday night. Celtic play them in the Scottish Premiership Wednesday night, and then. In the Scottish Cup quarter-final at Tencast on Sunday. Stay tuned for that. We'll, we'll talk about them all. But what can I say? Thanks for your time, guys, today. Thanks for your comments. Always enjoy it. Another happy Monday. Celtic defeats at Mern 5-1. Nine points clear. Goal difference, again, goes up by a couple. So it was ever thus. But we thank you. And if you haven't already, and we thank those that have, why don't you subscribe to the Celtic Way website? and support top-quality football journalism covering the club you love for only £2 for two months for unlimited access to everything that's written on the website. It's all for the click of a button, guys. www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe. That's www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe. Thanks for your company today, and we also say thank you to Seneca. The Celtic Way Morning Briefing is now sponsored by Seneca Medical Group, and Seneca are the number one hair transplant company in Europe, and they offer innovative hair restoration treatments. And you can find out more about Seneca via the links in the description of this video. Sean, thanks very much for your contribution. See you again tomorrow. Yep. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Tony.